This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I think today I'm going stepbrothers off the top. Will Ferrell says to his 12-year-old tormentor at the playground, I will kick you repeatedly in the blank, Gardaki. The Mets are suddenly Chris Gardaki. They got kicked repeatedly in the blank by the Giants and the Dodgers, but now at least it's over. The reeling Mets finally say goodbye to the West Coast elite, 13 games against those bullies, and the Mets won two of them. All we can say is welcome to flushing Washington Nationals. And I'm wondering, could I have actually said what Will Ferrell actually said in Step Brothers? I know it's a podcast and anything goes, but I'm, I'm trying to keep it classy. Either way, let's get after it next. Mets in the morning. Mets in the morning. Oh, yeah. Mets in the morning. Gonna tell you what the Mets are doing while coffee is brewing. Now, here's Josh Lewin. Scootily down. So they entered the month with a four-game division lead, and since that time, the Mets had lost 17 of 23 heading into Thursday night. Man, if you look at the division standings, since the Mets hit their high-water mark in mid-June, 10 games over 500, 26 and 21 since then, worst in the division, 15 games worse than the Braves. But the crazy thing is, the salad days of mid-June, that's when Lindor was at his worst. It's when the Mets lineup was packed with guys like Mason Williams and Billy McKinney. It's before Tyler McGill had even been promoted. How can it be that the best of times in 2021 were in the Sean Reed Foley era? Josh Lewin with you. So among the things we're noting and pondering before the shenanigans of Thursday night even began, the Mets losing 11 of 13 against the Dodgers and Giants, seven of those losses by just one run. And we'll get to all that in just a moment. But first, your unhappy reminder, we still haven't seen DeGrom on the mound since July the 7th. And there really is a thought he is coming back. The Mets want to see, uh, from what we're hearing, how he pitches a court low, if you will. Uh, Not ramping it up at 100. How is it going to fly at 96? Remember, his best season in 2018, best extended season, he was averaging 96 on that fastball. He's been averaging about three, three and a half miles an hour more this year. And people wonder whether he'd be better served averaging less. Uh, Less is more is usually a good thought. But hopefully we'll see DeGrom on the mound soon enough. We'll have a Noah Syndergaard update for you soon, too. Thursday night, the Mets did have Carlos Carrasco on the mound. And his big thing as a Met so far is give up a long home run to left field right away. First pitch he ever threw as a Met. You might remember home run Jonathan India. Against the Dodgers on Sunday night baseball, two first inning home runs cranked into the left field seats. So Thursday night, sure, why not? After Lamont Wade got on, Chris Bryant shoots one over the wall uh, right by the yellow M&M. That Chris Bryant, I know. Well, we all would have loved to have seen him in Mets blue pinstripes after his run in Cubs blue pinstripes. Heck of a talent. Fun story to tell, too. He's from Vegas, went to Bonanza High School. And that's about right, because all those hotshot Cubs prospects arrived all at once, like a Bonanza. Bryant, Rizzo, Baez. Contreras, even Ian Happ. 
Bryant was his high school's salutatorian. Did I even say that right? Because I sure didn't get awarded that. But uh, he allowed a classmate to take it instead because he found out how badly she wanted it. And let's face it, he was going to be a big baseball star anyway. His dad, Mike, had played minor league ball for the Red Sox. Uh, Mike would go on to own a patio furniture store, but he sold it in order to get a job that allowed him to coach his son. When his dad was in the Red Sox organization, uh, the instructor that took a shine to him was Ted Williams. And every lesson Mike Bryant received personally from Ted Williams, his own son has now received from him. Good guy, good story. Wish he'd stop hitting home runs against the Mets. Uh, 2-0 San Francisco because of Bryant. Then Carrasco settled down. Four one-hit shutout innings would follow, but the Mets could not solve the lanky lefty Alex Wood until the bottom of the fifth. One-out double for Javi Baez, the former Bryant teammate. Then up came the polar bear. It'll be an 0-2 to Alonzo. Here it comes. And there it goes, deep to left. If it's fair, it's gone. It's right down the line. And it is a home run! Pete Alonzo right down the line, a long home run, a two-run shot, and this game is all even. The Giants 2 and the Mets 2. Howie Rose with the call on WCBS, 447 feet, barely fair. In fact, it went to review. Career-best 11-game hit streak for Alonzo, 18 homers in the last two months, which is second in the majors, 29 overall now, and hey, a run at 40 is not out of the question here. 2-2 tie, Mets in the bottom of the seventh get a third opposite field, a hit of the night from Brandon Nimmo. Of all the first-round draft picks that were bunched together several years ago, Nimmo, Conforto, Dom Smith, this is the guy who's really emerged of those three. Conforto, I'm going to throw an Andrew Benintendi thought out there as a sidebar. He had the, the couple really good years for Boston, then a total downer in 19 and 20. The reset of his career was supposed to be this year when he finally moved along to a different organization, got dealt to Kansas City. First round pick, just like Conforto. And Benintendi's season so far, it's even worse than the two bad ones. So here's hoping Conforto is not on the Benintendi Express, wherever he ends up, whether it's Mets or otherwise. So anyway, Nimmo aboard, but Lindor struck out for a second straight at bat. On to the eighth we go. Seth Lugo allows a hit on a curveball to Mike Yastrzemski, then hits Kurt Casale, barely. Uh, then on National Dog Day, no less, Darren Ruff, single to chase home Yastrzemski, and the Giants go on top. Poor throw from former Giant Kevin Pillar gets Ruff romping on in a second. So on comes Aaron Loop to try and clean up a huge mess. Second and third, nobody out. And by the way, first time in 159 appearances for Lugo that he had failed to retire any of the batters he faced in a game. Loop comes in, walks a guy, but then gets an infield grounder. VR coming home on a nice play for the force at the plate to get pinch runner Chadwick Trump, which is not a name I just made up. Bryant up next. He strikes out after an eight-pitch at bat, then the dangerous Brandon Crawford pops out. And what a walk on the tightrope yet again. Could Aaron Loop be the low-key 2021 team MVP. First pitch in the bottom of the eighth, a one-hand swing from Javi Baez. He hooks it in the left for a single. Alonzo a first pitch swing, but he flies out to center. Dom Smith pops out. VR draws a walk. Conforto comes on a pinch hit. He draws a walk. And up comes the squirrel, Jeff McNeil. 14 for his last 88. And the lefty Jose Alvarez on to face him. A second straight night, Alvarez had come on to face McNeil with two outs and the bases loaded. He had gotten McNeil Wednesday. As for Thursday, he would get him again. On a ground out to short, 10 left on base through 8 for the Mets. And there was nothing doing in the ninth. The Mets lose yet again 
They are 61 and 66. After the game, home run hitting Pete Alonzo, always the most positive guy in the borough of Queens, took to the Zoom call. Hey, Pete. Um, what do you make of, of this stretch that you guys just completed against the Dodgers and the Giants? What, what did it show you guys? Um, I mean, they're really good teams. They're really, really good teams. And uh, I, I feel like that uh, we hung in there a lot, but we just, uh, we just didn't get it done. I know, you know you're by nature just an incredibly positive guy, optimistic. Um, you certainly expressed those thoughts a lot to us in the last couple of weeks. Given the stretch that was just completed and now the task in front of you, where does your confidence level, I guess, rank with, with you know, what you guys need to do here in the next five weeks or so? Yeah, I mean, uh, the next five weeks are, are going to be the most important time of the year for us. And um, it's been really nice having Francisco and Javi back. And I feel like now that, um, now that we're having our guys in the lineup consistently on a day-in and day-out basis, it's, it's going to be there. And I, I'm really excited for um, these next five weeks because um, this, is a, this is a huge test for us, not just, um, not just as, um, as a team, but as individuals as well. You can't fold. We can't back down. Despite whatever the standings are, we got to go full steam ahead, regardless of of what happened uh, uh, every single day previously in the season. So we got to go full steam ahead and attack these next five weeks and and um, and, and just play our game. Pete, I know I know you say Javi and, and Lindor are back now, and obviously those are huge pieces to add. But for a while now, you've had at least the majority of the guys that you've been missing throughout the season, and the offense just still hasn't come. So what gives you that? confidence that it's going to turn here and it's going to turn quick enough for it to make a difference i i believe in every single one of these guys that i'm with uh that i go to go to grind with and, and go to compete with every single day i mean these guys are, are absolute warriors and despite everything that's that's happened uh they the attitude and, and the tenacity they have every single day it, it's, it's there and I believe I believe in every single one of these guys, and I, I would be in a foxhole with every single one of them. There is Captain Positive. Uh, Wednesday night, the Mets out hit the Giants ten to four and lost by a run. Thursday night, they out hit them nine to six and lost by a run. Deep breath. Going forward tonight is Noah Syndergaard replica jersey giveaway. Last night, his rehab assignment began for Brooklyn against the Aberdeen Ironbirds. And how much Noah's going to be able to help the Mets is a really good question, especially since after his inning for Brooklyn, he revealed that he's been medically advised not to throw his slider for the rest of the year because doctors believe that pitch probably contributed to his previous shutdown. Here's Noah after he was on the mound in Brooklyn. Um, it felt great to get back out there, um, especially with the, the scare I had three months ago. Um, you know, anytime you have like that sort of setback with that sort of uh, injury during that rehab, it, it's uh, it's a little scary. Um, but uh, I mean, I trust the surgeon; he's one of the best, and I trust our performance staff. And you know, I eat, breathe, and sleep recovery. It's a huge passion of mine, and uh, I really trust that I'm in the right direction. As for how it went for Noah Thursday night, uh, just like Carrasco for the big club, Syndergaard coughed up a home run early. First batter he faced, Lamar Sparks, on an 0-2 fastball that came in at 95. He also hit a guy named Duran Turchin, and then he struck out A.J. Graffinino. He got Maverick Handley 
on a first pitch ground out to complete the inning at 16 pitches, 12 of which were strikes. All fastballs, no sliders. Color me curious if he's going to be all fastball changeup out of the bullpen here. But let's stay in the minors uh, just long enough to let you know that MLB Pipeline just did its reboot of minor league system rankings. And the Mets, who started the year at number 19, are now 22. The top 100 prospects, the Mets have three of them. Francisco Alvarez, the catcher, is actually number 10. Brett Beatty checks in at 49. The young shortstop, Ronnie Mauricio, at 58. And what was written on the website is put the Mets' big three up against the top three prospects of any other system, and they'd rank quite highly. Alvarez, in particular, has taken off to the point where only Adley Rutschman is ranked higher among catchers. But a big three does not a system make. There are some success stories to be found beyond them here. JT Ginn has looked healthy in his return from Tommy John. Mark Vientos' power potential has come through. But following Matt Allen's elbow surgery, there are more questions than answers on the pitching side. Depth is an issue. The lack of a Kumar Rocker signing and a limited draft behind him did New York no favors in either regard. Mets at 22 in the rankings. I know that doesn't sound great, but look at where the rest of the teams in the NL East came in. Washington at number 20, Atlanta at 23, Philly at 27. Miami's the one team getting it right with the youngins. They are ranked number three overall. Tonight, the number of note is 34. We mentioned Syndergaard replica jersey night, courtesy of Northwell Health to the first 25,000 fans. Saturday night, the Jerry Kuzman bobbleheads and his number 36 gets retired. The ceremony starts at 645, so take your seats accordingly. You know, throughout their history, the Mets have established some really lofty standards when it comes to retiring numbers. With the exception of Gil Hodges, who passed away as an active manager, the Mets until now had only allowed the numbers of Hall of Famers to grace the upper deck of City Field. They waited until Mike Piazza was in Cooperstown before they honored him in Flushing. And that's led to the absence of several popular players not getting their numbers retired. Dwight Gooden, Keith Hernandez, Gary Carter, for example. Which number has been most retired in baseball? What a fun question. It certainly isn't 36, but what a a nifty little rabbit hole we can plow on down here. Retired numbers, I looked it up. In Major League Baseball, there have been eight number ones, five twos, seven threes, eight fours, seven fives, someday another Two common at least, David Wright and Albert Pujols. Uh, seven sixes, six eights, six nines, eight tens, seven elevens. Only two twelves, Wade Boggs and Robbie Alomar. Only one thirteen, Davey Concepcion in Cincinnati. Every number, one through 37, represented at least once until you get to 38. Sorry, Skip Lockwood and uh, Anthony Swarzak. Let's run the list of Mets here. Gil Hodges, number 14, his number retired in 73. He was an original Met, played parts of two seasons in New York after he spent the 16 in Brooklyn and L.A. with the Dodgers. Such a great impact as a manager. Led the Mets to that uh, stunning 69 World Series victory. Passed away at 47 years old uh, on the golf course uh, right before the start of the 1972 season. And uh, he has his number 14 now retired. Other 14s, Across baseball retired, there's a lot of them. Ernie Banks, Kent Herbeck, Ken Boyer, Jim Bunning, who no-hit the Mets one Father's Day, Jim Rice, Pete Rose, who almost kept the Mets out of the 73 World Series, and Paul Konerko's number 14, has been uh, retired by the White Sox. Let's move to Mike Piazza. His number 31 retired in 2016. Uh, right after Piazza was enshrined in Cooperstown, the Mets did him solid at City Field. 
other 31s, Dave Winfield by the Padres, Greg Maddox by the Cubs and Braves, and a Kuzman contemporary, number 31 also retired by the Cubs for Fergie Jenkins. Yep, one retired number for two players on the very same day in 2009. Casey Stengel's number 37, that was retired in 65, a Hall of Fame manager, won seven World Series titles, 10 AL pennants with the Yankees, closed his career with those four seasons with the Mets. Winning percentage of 302, but uh, that Stengelese and what he brought just in terms of breadth and name recognition, that's why he had his 37 retired by the Mets. Uh, the only other number 37 retired, also Casey Stengel by the Yankees. Tom Seavers, 41, that was retired by the Mets in 1988. The franchise, of course, the driving force behind the Mets' transition from laughingstock to champion. 25 wins in his third season, and uh, on and on and on. We could do a, a whole podcast on Tom Seaver numbers. But the other 41 retired in baseball, Eddie Matthews of the old Milwaukee Braves. So now 36 joins 41, 37, 31, and 14. Sounds like I'm pulling lottery numbers here out of a drum. Uh, other 36s, Gaylord Perry by the Giants, Robin Roberts by the Phillies. But neither of those guys got to leap into Jerry Grody's arms after winning a World Series. That was a moment I think everybody remembers from the 69 World Series. Well, that and Cleon Jones genuflecting while making that catch in left field off the bat of Davey Johnson, who, of course, was managing when we got the other memorable tableau in 86, Jesse Orozco sealing it with a strikeout of Marty Barrett as Billy Joel's This Is The Time played over the Shea Stadium PA. Congrats in advance to Jerry Kuzman, a very worthy owner of the Mets' fifth retired number. All right, now that we've walked through all that, This Is The Time by Billy Joel. Good song to crank back up as the Nationals come in. This is when the Mets have to make their move. The gutted Nationals are 54-72. and 72. They and the Marlins are now the Mets' opponents for the next 15 games in a row. When Elvis sang, it's now or never, this is what he meant. And no, the Nationals are not winning much, but they still have Juan Soto, who had a 433-foot home run in Miami last night. And I will bet you money that Soto will end up leading the majors in walks, because who wants to pitch to Soto when you could pitch to Josh Bell or Carter Keboom instead? The pitching matchups were told to expect Paolo Espino for Washington tonight against the lefty veteran Rich Hill. Saturday, Sean Nolan for the Nats against Marcus Stroman, who's got that glistening 2.85 ERA. Sunday, it's Eric Fetty. Always seems to be Eric Fetty. Uh, He's up against Tyler McGill. His ERA has jumped all the way up to 4.07 after that rough one last time out. All right, that's going to do it for Friday morning. Hope you're headed out to see some baseball live and in person this weekend. Otherwise, the next best thing is turning on Channel 11, WPIX, Friday and Sunday, SNY Saturday. Of course, always you can get the games on the radio on WCBS 880 AM. Time to meet the Mets in the Morning House Band as we get on out of here, Gardaki. On keyboards, Carl Everett, slapping the bass. It's Angel Pagan. The horn section, and let's hear it for Paul Bird. And on drums, ladies and gentlemen, Jeremy Burnett. This is Josh Lewin. Goodbye, San Francisco and L.A. The Mets went 1-5 this year against the former, 1-6 against the latter. Better days ahead now that they're keeping it near the Atlantic. Let's chat about it some more on Monday. Later.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.